Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Communicator with your host, Brother Leroy. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the first class citizens of the world. This is Blog Talk Radio, the Keys 107 Network, and the show is The Communicators, and we're thankful to the Most High. Blessing us with another day on this good earth, another day to do some good deeds for ourselves, our families, for our community, and for the greater humanity. To God belongs the glory, and that means when we do good deeds, which we always advise each and every one of our listeners to do, try to do 10 good deeds a day. They can be small or large, depending on your ability to do a good deed from your mindset. But we encourage all of us to do good deeds. When you take a step, God takes at least 10 in the behalf of yourself and your family. Once again, the communicator series that we've been running on Saturday evenings is gifted and talented for all. And this results from receiving an email that complained about gifted and talented programs in New York being primarily in non-black communities. Black parents have to hustle and try to get their children into a gifted and talented program in another community, and it feeds white supremacy, meaning this is where the gifted and talented program should be and must be, and black students are left in the lurch. And when you get into one of these gifted and talented programs, it sometimes places in the individual's mind an elitism. I'm better than so-and-so and so-and-so back on the block. But the proof is that the majority of the individuals who are left behind have more talent than the ones who are in these gifted and talented programs. So, therefore, we advocate gifted and talented programs to be in every public school. Short of that, we advise our listeners, our parents and guardians, concerned teachers and principals to implement some type of gifted and program, gifted and talented program within their church, their community center, their lodge, their masjid, and within their school or just ease something in the classroom where the child's talents and gifts can be tapped. Also in the home, parents and guardians must begin to take our children to talent programs such as music learning, dance, also the museum. Enhance our children's education through supplementary education. Supplement whatever they're getting in the public schools with uh, activities and organizations that will enhance their learning. Tonight we have a very interesting conversation with a young man out of Baltimore, Maryland, and he is involved in scouting, setting up Boy Scout troops in Maryland, and we're going to explore with him the difference that Boy Scouting can make, if it does make any difference, can make in the learning process of black boys and girls. Without further ado, we're very happy to have with us our guest, Brother Aziz Kareem of Baltimore, Maryland. God bless you, my brother. My brother, thank you so very much, and may God bless you as well, as well as your audience. It is a and, joy to uh, be with you. Thank you, my brother. We'll give you the official greeting of assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Brother Kareem, share with us your history in scouts, starting first of all with your 
experience as a young person? Well, I, I have to tell you that um, Boy Scouting was one of the experiences that really helped to shape my my life. The, what I learned and what I uh, came into awareness of as a youngster uh, involved in that Boy Scouting program uh, put me on a trajectory that was very well defined, um, very clear. It was clear that I was going to do something with my life and that I was not going to be a victim. That's what the kind of thing that Boy Scouts provided me for, the gentleman who was my scoutmaster, Mr. A.W. Payne, God bless his soul, um, was probably 80, just about 80 years old when he recruited me into the, into the scout troop. Hmm. He had been a scout leader as probably, well, I joined Boy Scouts in 1963. I found documentation that showed him having Boy Scout origins as early as 1919 when wow. he organized the first black Boy Scouting troop in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, we thought that we came to understand it to be the first Boy Scouting troop in, in Ohio. Uh, that's how it was always presented to me. I don't know if that's in fact the case. But uh, uh, Mr. Payne had, was responsible probably for the early development of every black leader in my hometown. And your That's hometown kind of is impact. Dayton or Baltimore? Dayton, Ohio. My, my hometown was Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Uh, that's, where I grew, what, that's where I grew up at. I've been living in Baltimore uh, since 1980, just over 30 years, uh, and uh, uh, have been highly engaged in a number of uh, uh important efforts uh, uh, in my experience here, but none probably no more important than what I'm trying to do with the Boy Scouts right now. Okay, looking back at at, uh, 1963 and the the, the 60s, in terms of your being a part of Boy Scout experience, what difference did it make in your life at that time? And then when you look at it in retrospect, what difference did it make? I'm I'm assuming that it might even have more embellishment as you look back, but I'm dealing with you going back to 1963-64 when you're getting started in the Scouts. What difference did it make with you in your life then? Well, for me, um, two things. One was Boy Scouting was my first exposure to the understanding of being a black man and what it meant to be a black man with pride and character. That's number one. Uh, Number two was Boy Scouts was emphasized leadership development. I remember the very first meeting I attended, uh, we had, it was a reorganizing, a troop reorganizing meeting. And uh, Mr. Payne had recruited a bunch of new scouts to the group. And the first thing we had to do was to elect patrol leaders. And my first day at a Boy Scout meeting, I was elected a patrol leader. Hmm. And I I was rather sort of amazed. But, but then I, that was, when I thought about it, I think I got, I got elected because I had two votes. 
So <laughs> it wasn't like it was a heavy duty <laughs> process. But yeah. that meant from day one, I had to accept the role of being a leader and working with other kids and uh, uh, leading a troop and help lead through us through various projects and processes uh, along with my other colleagues and friends uh, growing up. And that idea of being a leader just, you know, it gave me a sense of, of pride, uh, a sense of of capabilities, uh, a sense that I didn't have uh, in myself prior mm. to that. Mm. Uh, I mean, not that I was a shy boy or had any esteem issues. Uh, I came from a very uh, a wonderful family. I mean, we had our problems, <laughs> our ins and outs, ups and downs. But my mm-hmm. mother and father were, were both in my home and and uh, being the oldest child, you know, I guess I had a, a sense of leadership uh, already, though, you know, one's siblings never expect you to be their leader. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. and, and, and when you when you look back at uh, that period, at that period, what difference did it make? In addition, if any, in addition to the two. Uh, points that you made. It made a lot of difference also in that um, I look. I, I always looked forward to those Boy Scout meetings. Uh, the idea of putting on that little uniform, I, that's how I learned how to iron my shirt because I had to make sure my uniform was tight mm. every week. Uh, that's, it was you know, I, when I went to those meetings, that meant I had to walk a little ways and and to, you know, on my own because my mom and they were going to be taking me up there every week, but I was going to go every week, and mm-hmm. I did not miss a Boy Scout meeting if I could only could help it because my mm-hmm. best friends were there. That's where mm-hmm. my best buddies were, you know, and I I can recall telling a buddy of mine. Uh, not too long ago, as I was saying, man, because I was so glad to be in the Scouts with you because you were my role model. I'll, all I wanted to do was to try to be as good as you were. And he looked at me and said, man, but you were my role model. I was mm. trying to be as, as good as you. Mm. <laughs> so we mm. were both trying to be good guys after each other as a role model. No, And it was... Quite a, re- a remarkable moment, brother Aziz. As as you progress in life and become an adult, and uh, subsequently a grandparent, and then a member of a a community in Baltimore uh, with challenges of poverty and the drug selling and uh, poor political representation in many instances you look around and at what point did you decide to fall back on that experience of boy scouting and and do something in that zone in in baltimore well i'll tell you um i as a i had gotten away from the boy scouts of course and as, as i grew older and uh uh 
have been through a variety of, of developmental experiences, ideologically, philosophically, uh, culturally, etc. And uh, so my, I, I, I have been involved with rites of passage programs and uh, political, black political initiatives. I was an activist in the National Black Political Assembly and the Black Independent Black Political Party and other kinds of such formations. And so the Boy Scouts have become quite a foreign concept to me over the years, especially as I looked out and saw that the Boy Scouts didn't seem to look like I remembered it. You know, when I was a kid, the Boy Scouts was a black thing. Uh, that was, you know, that's why, that's how I knew it. It was a black experience. Even when we went to camp with white kids, it was still our black Boy Scout troop that was the heart of our experience base, and our interaction with other kids was from that base. Now, so as an adult, years later, I ran across a guy who was trying to meet my boss for some reason who was in a Boy Scout uniform. And I walked up to him and said, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country. And when he heard that, he said, uh-oh, I got me one. And at that moment, he started recruiting. <laughs> and I resisted. I resisted for a good amount of time. They came at me several times until I finally gave in and agreed to volunteer as a, uh, a committee person, a committee leader in uh, one of the districts here in the Baltimore community. Uh, that experience as a committee leader brought to my attention how Boy Scouting had declined tremendously, dramatically from what I had remembered it to be uh, uh, as, as a youth. And uh, with that uh, with that remembrance, uh, it broke my heart, particularly given the fact that I knew what Boy Scouting did for me and the value that it had in my life and to, not, and to see that that opportunity wasn't being available to our children today in these times under these conditions when they needed the most was a true heartbreaker. So when my term of office as a committee leader came to an end, I committed myself to organizing uh, a Boy Scout troop specifically to service kids, children who were affiliated with the college that I worked with, which is Sojourner Douglas College in Baltimore, uh, and specifically, even more specifically, to help service and address the needs of my own grandchildren, of whom I've, of which I have a good number. I think I got last count twenty six grandkids, and I got a great couple of great grandchildren on the way right now. And a bunch of them grandchildren are boys, and those boys' lives are at risk. Their very existence is being challenged by the circumstances that they're faced with. And so I, I, was, I committed myself to doing whatever I could to try to ensure that we can save my own grandkids 
not to mention all the other children that I could try to grab my hand, wrap my arms around. Now, um, but when, in doing so, we recognize right away that we can't do Boy Scouting the way it's been done in the suburbs and expect it to work in the city. That just ain't going to happen. The kids have no interest in that. The uh, uh, the and it just it just doesn't. It, it obviously is not working as we're looking around our community. You know, in Baltimore, LLC is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet, now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and a gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, and Brother Aziz, I had a commercial break, and I missed it, and uh, it cut right in to your dialogue. Usually, I am uh, giving a heads-up to the engineer, but it broke in. I apologize for that. You were at the point where you were uh, dealing with the fact that in terms of organizing youngsters in the Baltimore area for Boy Scouts, it would have to have a more unique uh, flavor as it relates to the times and the conditions and the mindset of the children. So uh, at that point, so therefore, what did what was crafted and who was helping you at that point in time? Well, I, I can say, um, by the way, can you hear me well? Okay. Yeah, we're, we're right, fine. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, what we did in Baltimore, there was an organization of black Boy Scout leaders that about 34 years ago um, spun off an organization from the Boy Scouts called the Roots of Scouting um, in order to be able to independently and autonomously raise money and provide support to the black Boy Scouting efforts that were going on in the city. Um, that organization became a major focal point for me when I became active again in the Scouts. 
And uh, so what, and especially after we, as we organized our own Boy Scout troop, we presented to that organization a proposal to become much more directly involved in Boy Scout programming. Uh, and that proposal was to create what we call the Indugu Ngoma, which is key Swahili for the Brotherhood of the Drum. And this effort is seeking to do what I often describe the re-Africanization of the Boy Scout program. By re-Africanization, we as the organization Roots of Scouting acknowledged and has been thoroughly developed in his work, um, Timothy Parsons. Uh, wrote a book and several articles on what has been described as the Zulu origins of the Boy Scouting movement. And in this book and in the articles that he's, that accompany that, he talks about how Robert Baden Powell, the founder of the Boy Scout movement, conceived of the Boy Scout movement as a cure for the social instability and potential military weakness of Edwardian Britons uh, around the turn of the century of the 20th century. Brother Aziz, um, and, Brother Aziz yes. yes. are you speaking, are you speaking in a, using a speakerphone now? Actually, I'm, I'm using a, a headphone with a, with a microphone. Okay, um, it was. It sounded as though that was an adjustment from when we first started the interview. I'm getting yeah. uh, kind of a distant sound. Um, okay, let me go back to my, okay. to the original. This is the Keys 107 Network. I'm your host, Brother Leroy. Our guest is Brother Aziz Kareem of Baltimore, Maryland. This is part of our series, Gifted and Talented for All, and we're going to get into the effect, if any, that his Boy Scout experience in, in Baltimore, that is organizing the youngsters in Baltimore, what difference it has made in their schoolwork and their personal lives. I want to go back that the the introduction of the African aspect into your Boy Scouting, at what point did that take? At, at um, Was that in the very beginning when you began to organize these youngsters, or was it something that occurred after you began to organize the youngsters, you came upon this fact of the Zulu origins of Boy Scouting? Well, I, I think I, I was first made aware of it uh, uh, as we do the Roots of Scouting organization that I described earlier. Um, and that information was further enhanced by the, my readings of Tim Parsons' work uh, uh, on the on the Zulu origins. Uh, and as we conceived and constructed our idea of building a cultural overlay onto the Boy Scouting initiatives, mm-hmm. it was that was conceived principally recognizing that the Boy Scout model was itself a rites of passage program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the Boy Scout, you know, and that's 
it was conceived as that, a rites of passage as, as frankly, practiced by the Zulu. Um, mm-hmm. That was uh, uh, copied and imitated by Robert Baden-Powell, the founder of the Boy Scout Pro movement. Right. And uh, his, based upon how impressed he had become with the, the character of people that the Zulu represented to him. Uh, you remember, he was a British military officer. Uh, in fact, he was a British intelligence officer. Uh, so what does an intelligence officer do? They get to know your enemy. And he learned from his enemy that they were phenomenal people. And when he looked around London in the eight, nine, in 1890s and and whatnot, he found that he was the Brits were in bad shape. You mm. know, it was when they when they went up against the Zulus uh, in a place called uh, Sitshawayu, uh, the Brit. I mean, the, I mean, I'm sorry. Iso, Isandwalawana, I think is the name of the location of this particular battle. Uh, the Zulus trounced the British army with spears, knives, and shields fighting against, you know, rifles, cannons, and and machine guns. And And the Zulus just shocked the British Empire in their ability to amass a military force that was able to stand up against the the British Army. Uh, it was unheard of that that's in those times, in those in those days, um, and the effect was such that it made Baden Powell want to do what he could. He said he wanted to try to teach British boys how to become like the Zulu. Hmm. That was that was part of, part of his writings, part of his message. Hmm. In fact, when he as he organized the um, uh, the first little outing that he created, it's been it, it infamous in the Boy Scout circles. Uh, a a trip where he took about twenty youngsters and the several adults onto an island to begin testing out his ideas about scouting. Uh, and when he did that, he was teaching them woodcraft and a variety of things. At that first campfire that they held, the first song he taught them was a Zulu chant hmm. called In Goyama, Goyama. That song became uh, one of the songs sung by Boy Scouts for years and years all over the place. Um, uh, and there's a chant known to be a Boy Scout song. In fact, you can go on YouTube and see kids in different countries still singing and performing that song as Boy Scouts. Um, but this effect was to create a, like I said earlier, rites of passage program that would uh, offer boys a chance to learn how to 
become men in a positive, constructive fashion. My now, contention the, is, uh huh. The um, your contention. Go ahead, finish that thought. I say that my contention is that when we in our community, our parents and grandparents first came across the Boy Scout movement, we recognized that it's something that made sense, something that was quite familiar. Explain so that. When the boys, yeah, that, that um, well, it, it, it's explained principally in the way we embraced it. Boy Scouts came to America in 1910. In 1911, the first black Boy Scouting troop was organized, one year after it showed up on American, state, on American shores. By 1917, uh, uh, here in Baltimore, there is an article that I re- look at all the time that was published in the Afro-American newspaper, May 5, 1917, an article called Boy Scout Notes where they chronicle a gathering of over 500 Boy Scouts under the title, The United Colored Boy Scout Troops of Baltimore. Mm. And this event that is spoken to in this article was described as a memorial service where they were celebrating scouts and scout leaders who had passed on. Mm. And uh, people, kids came in from areas throughout the Baltimore region. They arrived to this thing on horseback and in wagons mm. to come and celebrate the past of the, 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 each other. Uh, the article talks about how uh, it says one of the highlights, one of the special features was the singing of the Star Spangled Banner by the vast audience led by over 500 Boy Scouts. While a large flag was lifted and swayed gently to and fro in the gentle breeze. Well, I love the way they wrote back then. <laughs> um, but this gathering of scouts was not a sanctioned Boy Scout event. None of these troops were recognized by the Boy Scout organization. But they mm. didn't wait for that. Mm. They didn't care. That mm. wasn't what they, they the Boy Scouts that organized in churches across this area and across the country were organized by folks who said, this is something that we know how to do. We already know this. We understand this. We, we know that this is something that our boys need, this whole process of, of engaging them in, in nature, taking them out of these cities, uh, uh, involving them in teamwork experiences, uh, helping them to gain special skills and to earn merits uh, uh, through the achievement of special accomplishments. Uh, these were things that that made sense to us, to our to our parents, and it and it exploded in the black community all all across the country. You know, Brother um, Aziz, you're yes. you're saying that the Boy Scouts was organized in the U.S. in 1910. In 1911, the first Black Boy Scout troop is recorded, and then by 1917, there's this huge gathering in Baltimore of some 500 Boy Scouts, and the uh, 
the the leaders, the Boy Scout masters, and they are having this this meeting that actually is a memorial for those who came before them. And That's I would right. imagine that that many of these who came before them were adults who were up in age, but organized the Boy Scout troops in that area, various Boy Scout troops in that area, as because it meant something to them not to be a part of something that was foreign to them, but something that was innately uh, part of their their life experience. I'm going back to this Englishman who was the intelligence officer, the the um, the person who brought the what's his name brought the uh, Robert Baden Powell, the founder of Boy Scouts. Robert Baden Powell, the European founder of European Boy Scouts. He sees the Zulu resilience. He sees the young warriors and the older warriors and the discipline that took out the uh, the British troops at that battle. I think they they were led by the the chief Katawayo, I believe is was his name, something like that. That's right. That's correct. And it's also reflected in the in the uh, film Zulu Dawn. I think that's, that's where right. that battle is reflected. Zulu Dawn. There's two films, Zulu and Zulu Dawn. Both should be uh, viewed by our audience. Zulu and the second one, Zulu Dawn, D-A-W-N. Uh, so he sees this, and he says, "Hey, these. Let, let me let me use some of this with my people." And um, the telephone number is two one three nine four three three six one eight, and that's to become a part of this conversation. It's a classroom. Two one three nine four three three six one eight. You'll be on the line with Brother Aziz. Kareem of Baltimore, Maryland. We're talking about his experience in Baltimore as it relates to organizing Boy Scout troops, and there's a similar effort here in New York with some conscious brothers who have done phenomenal work, and um, uh, I, I know some of them, and, and they have done phenomenal work with some young people, with uh, generations of young people right here in New York City and uh, Manhattan, uh, Brooklyn and the Bronx, but tell us oh, yes. this. Tell us this. What difference have you observed that the Boy Scout Boy Scout members in the Boy Scout members' lives there in Baltimore, academically or just citizenship? What, what's the value? The story is good, but what is the the value that you can point to us? Well, I'm, I, you know, one of the things I want to say real clearly is that the value is not always immediately discernible. You know, the children, young boys at 10, 11, 12 years old really don't know what they want. They really don't know what they need. They don't know what's good for them. You know, they kind of know what they like. But that's all within the limited context. Mm-hmm. So that uh, so that when you seek to engage them in activities like the Boy Scouting program, uh, it doesn't always click. It, mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, and and so, however, 
as I said, I'm dealing with my own grandchildren in this piece. A lot of these guys that I work with are my grandsons. And while I have seen them, when we do our flag ceremony like we did yesterday for Flag Day, where Mm -hmm. we went in uh, with the city leaders here in Baltimore, the city council members uh, retired the flag for the evening, and my boys took that, you know, took to that pole and pulled that big old flag down and with the kind of reverence that it was and respect it was due, folding it up and giving it the, you know, the appropriate treatment. Uh, I can tell you I have never been more proud of their behavior. They had that act down. Nobody had to help them. Nobody had to tell them. They knew exactly what to do. They knew exactly how to handle it, and they carried that act with pride. Uh, last week, we had the occasion to perform, to serve as the, uh, uh, as a, um, to do the Pledge of Allegiance. We were invited to do the Pledge of Allegiance at the um, wreath laying ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, for the honoring the 25th, the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Medgar Evers, and to have these 14, 15 kids standing up there at attention, you know, being given due regard and respect for their presence and participation, shaking the hands of people like the Attorney General. Uh, uh, oh gosh, why is my name his name leaving, leaving my head? Uh, uh, and, and President, former President Bill Clinton, uh, and Marley Evers Williams, to get those personal connections and contacts was a memory that was going to be lodged in their minds for the rest, and that they'll carry within the rest of their lives. Now, with the now, so what I do want to say is that. In terms of immediate impact, I can't yeah. say that my boys are doing better in school. Uh, they're not being put out of school. <laughs> they, they, okay. they may not be quite the discipline problems that they had been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not honor students, scholars, but mm-hmm. they're doing good. They hitting, you know, they hitting good, and they're the uh, uh, those who have studied this issue, generally say that uh, when a youngster is involved in Boy Scouts, one, they they miss fewer days in school. They tend to do do better because they're getting their work done, Mm -hmm. attaching their homework, and they're uh, uh, more likely to show up in leadership roles in the school environment. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of of impact. In terms of the adults, in terms of the adults who are interacting with them, including yourself and volunteers or others who have various skill sets, what, if any, skill sets are being shared with these youngsters that they would not ordinarily get at this particular point in their lives? Well, again, Boy Scouts is a very rich program in terms of uh, uh, skill development, 
and there's all kinds of activities that we train the boys in from uh, particularly the things that are that are done outdoors. So from cooking to orienteering, knowing how to find their way around in the woods, uh, to uh, handling sharp instruments <laughs> mm-hmm. and the like. Uh, you know, these are the things that, that the kind of immediate skills that we focus on, first aid, you know, mm-hmm. so that if you can, if you find yourself injured or one of your friends hurt, you'll know what to do about it. Uh, these kind of personal, immediate kinds of experiences and, 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 and trainings are the things that tend to dominate what we do uh, uh, in our training. Um, and furthermore, mm-hmm. Go ahead. it's really about, as we, as we said, leadership development. So okay. we really push for the Boy, Boy Scout is what we call a youth-led organization. The boys lead themselves. Mm-hmm. They lead their patrols. They lead their troop units. They plan the activities that we're going to be involved in. And they take the responsibility to achieve the various rank uh, uh, levels from tenderfoot, second class, first class, and all the way up through Eagle. They know that that is their responsibility to to earn those those, those achievements, and we're there as counselors, as advisors, as adult leaders to help guide them, but not to make them do it, but to guide them through it. Does that make sense? Exactly. Well, I mean that that's that's the the this leadership building that it it happens within our communities within street organizations individuals having various roles that they they play or that they come into leadership or lieutenants and that sort of thing in street organizations here we have a wholesome environment away from the dangers of the the hustle and bustle of the street corner that's tapping into those same skills and leading towards opportunities that they would not otherwise have. We here in New York, there there happen to be some brothers who have various skills, electricians, um, computer tech, and they began to infuse these particular skills into the the experience of the scouts, so that. In, in terms of the regular outdoors activity that they gain, I'm talking about the, the, the people here in New York, some of them, that they also mm-hmm. are gaining skill sets that um, tap into their their knowledge base. Now, everybody can't do that. They can only, a Boy Scout troop can only do that based on the volunteers who step up. And exactly. that's, that's the next question as to the opportunities for individuals to step up in Baltimore and be a part of these various troops and for what has been your experience in outreaching uh, for individuals and there being uh, people who say, yeah, I, I have time or I don't have time. What, what has been the involvement of adults beyond that small group, that, that 30 
some odd individuals that you are tapped into? Well, I'll be be quite honest. It's been very difficult. Uh, we have not been. We get a lot of people that say, "Yeah, you guys are doing good work," you know, but they don't show when it comes to lend a hand. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, um, one of the reasons that we are looking to advance our cultural adjustments to the program is to also make it as a, a, a more appealing, a, a, a appealing to adults as well as the youth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I view the Boy Scout program not as just a youth development, but also a young adult development program. Beautiful. Yeah, one of the problems that we have is getting our 20-somethings and 30-somethings and even 40-somethings to step up mm. and take mm-hmm. on the, the, the responsibility of reaching back and mm. lifting up. Let me get this the is a challenge. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brother Cream, because we're going to run out of time soon in the audience. Can ask Brother Aziz questions, very basic questions, or questions on organizing in their own areas, and that's the kind of classroom that we encourage. The more participation, the better off we are. I have a set number of questions that I can always ask, but it's always good to be joined by other minds. The telephone number, 213-943-3618, Hit one on your telephone keypad that lets our engineer know that you have a question before we conclude at nine o'clock. Now, Brother Aziz, the the Boy Scout troop effort, based on my experience with brothers here in New York, and based on your experience that you shared with us this evening, that it is the foundation, it is a a building block with which we can begin to organize youngsters in wholesome activity that will enable them to live a better life, at least, as you point out, uh, cut down on the disciplinary situations in school and keep them from dropping out of the game. Um, That's my perspective. And uh, what would you share with the audience in terms of the value of organizing Boy Scout troops in their respective areas are calling on you uh, to give them advice by phone or email. Well, you know, certainly uh, the principal advice I would offer is to uh, don't give up. That it is a it is not an easy task to both organize and to maintain the interests yeah. and involvement of our youngsters. That's, mm. that's the truth but you can't give up, mm-hmm. and you've got to keep on. Because what we recognize, too, and this happens to me every day, as guys see me in my Boy Scout uniform or working with these guys, every day people will come up and say, man, I was a Boy Scout. I remember my days as a Boy Scout. They may have only attended two meetings. Right. But they talk about that as if it was a life-changing event. Yes. And it is the kind of thing, because, again, Boy Scouts are centered around a set of values and fundamental principles Mm -hmm. that that are encompassed in that Boy Scout oath 
and those Boy Scout laws. You mm-hmm. know, that, you know, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty mm-hmm. to God and my country, mm-hmm. to obey the Scout laws, to help other people at all times, mm-hmm. to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. Mm. Now, that statement is made by every Boy Scout every time we come together. And it mm. becomes a part of your essence. It becomes a part of that that value center that helps to enable you to make good decisions when confronted by difficult choices. What ripple, and this is effect, what ripple effect has it had on uh, the organization of Girl Scout troops, if any? Well, I can say that, you know, uh, well, first of all, there are two different organizations completely, uh, the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. Um, and there are aspects of the Girl Scouts that have, uh, that, that have tended to be significantly more progressive than the Boy Scout organization and movement um, um, as a rule. I say progressive, I mean willing to deal with the changing times, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you can, um, uh, I'm sure everyone who's read a newspaper knows that the Boy Scout movement itself is under a lot of cha- a lot of challenges right now, mm-hmm. um, particularly given its uh, historic ban on the participation of openly gay people in their in the program, mm-hmm. and uh, the Girl Scouts. Uh, dropped any such ban years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Boy Scouts are still struggling with this notion of uh, 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 with this, these issues, and um, very recently uh, held, made a, took a what was has been described as a landmark decision to cease its discrimination against boys who are quote openly gay. Um, in terms of their membership in the Boy Scout organization, mm-hmm. though they have maintained a, um, a a ban against adult leaders who are openly gay, mm-hmm. um, and this issue, though I'm bringing it up, is really more than, more than anything else in my mind is a distraction from the important work that the Boy Scouts really have to do. And and um, Brother Leroy would say amen to that. You know, I would say amen um, to that. I'm I'm in agreement. Amen. The 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 issue has been made greater than than uh, the the human rights uh, battle that blacks fought in the '60s and are still fighting. And that's my personal yeah. uh, uh, view and opinion, and it's not equal. Because I've been right. discriminated against by certain people, and that's another program. And I, yeah. I you know, I I ain't gonna go into that. But um, yeah. I think that those of us who are in the general black community are more open to uh, individuals within our own community, whereas there are cliques uh, around certain value systems that are prejudiced against. Straight black men and women. 
Right. And they, somebody talked about that, but that's another conversation. Um, sure. The, the importance of this particular uh, discussion with you is that it does give, for, for example, in terms of looking at the points that we've hit, your own experience, the leadership, the, the, the first belonging to an organization, uh, broader than the community itself, the uniform, being responsible for ironing those. I, mean, I was in the Boy Scouts, and you made my mind go back to my taking care of my uniform and, and the, uh, the kerchief and buying to get that, those badges and uh, going to camp. It it uh, it is an experience, and then heightened by the fact that we were in an organization, the Boy Scouts, that had its roots in the African experience of manhood. I mean that that if I'd have known that back then, I I I don't I don't have the, I didn't have the black consciousness that I have now, but at some point in time, I would have dove into this thing because as soon as I learned this and began to research it and saw Parsons' paper, The Zulu Origins of of, uh, Boy Scouts, on just Google it, I said, man, I said, somebody done researched this. That's a powerful thing, brother. That makes you, that makes you, Aziz, if if you wave at any, you, you can't waver after you get that knowledge because you'd be giving up on our ancestors. And I'm not saying that you wavered at any point, but it's a hard struggle when you're dealing with with young people who are uh, attacked by value systems by way of BET, the videos, video games, and you're trying to get them to do one thing, and they, they got a different value system. But let me, let me run this to you based on, what a brother shared with me, one of the scout masters. He he was having a difficult time with these youngsters in the Bronx, but somewhere, somehow there was a complete change, and I never got that from him, as to the participation of these youngsters. They they began to buy into the Boy Scout operation, the you know the Boy Scout troop, and want you know getting their parents to support. Um, have you seen that kind of transformation of youngsters who were, you know, they they ready to be on the wayside, but eventually buying in? And what was the catalyst for them to begin to buy into the Boy Scout uh, 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 experience? I think the when I have observed such a transformation, it had to do with the kind of regard and respect that they were now getting. I can remember one of our little boys sitting in a meeting, in one of our first organizing meetings, and I had around around seven or eight men uh, standing around the table, and I looked at this little guy. I said, you see these guys here? They're all here for you. And the boy's eyes lit up. You know, they just... For me, they're here for for me because we care about you. Mm. And it is that care, that mm. recognition that there are some men 
who are here to not exploit you or abuse you or discount you, but to support you, mm. to lift you up. Mm. I tell my boy, I'm going to make stars out of you. Mm. And they just, just their chest fill up. You mm. know, they can, you know, they, they start standing a little bit taller. I put that uniform on them for the first time. The Lord, one of my grandsons looked at me and said, I make this look good. <laughs> he makes it look good. Is that what he said? <laughs> he says, I make, I, he, I yeah. make this look good. I like that. Look, I how, mean, how do people put, connect with you, Brother Kareem? How can people, people can connect with me? Well, I, I'm um, housed. I, I go to Sojourner Douglas College in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and there, uh, I, we, as a very powerful institution, again, serving our people uh, in a way that we believe no one else is trying to serve them. And mm-hmm. it is from that institutional base that we work with, um, with these Boy Scouts. Our troop is, in fact, based out of the college. Um, and I can be reached at uh, area code four one zero seven six one eight four four is my uh, number there at Sojourner Douglas College, and uh, I can be emailed at k a z i z at host h o s t dot s as in Sojourner, D as in Douglas, C as in college, dot edu. Give that telephone number. And the telephone number again is area code 410-276-1844. Give it one more time. Area code 410 Four, four. And that's for uh, Kareem Aziz. Yes. Kareem Aziz. I'm, yes, I'm saying your name is Aziz Kareem. Kareem Aziz. <laughs> hey, brother, you know, I, 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 I say you call me whatever you want to. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> brother, brother Aziz, brother Kareem, all, all of you, you and, your, you and the spirits around you, my brother, I want to thank you for communicating with Brother Parsons, and and uh, that's how I made contact with you. Yes. And we're going to have to come I'm, back to you regarding the college uh, program that you have right there in the middle of Baltimore and doing the work that you're doing. That's another story, and we're going to explore that with you on our next go-round. I want to thank you for your work. May God continue to bless you and the other brothers and sisters involved in the Boy Scouting experience in black Baltimore. We look forward to hearing from you all in in, uh, the future, dealing with any number of achievements. And we thank you for sharing this evening, my brother. God bless you. God bless you, too. And as Marcus Garvey said, look for me in the whirlwind. Yes, sir. All right. That's all I'm going to do. to make the change. Why let him sell out? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Keys 107 Network. And this has been another edition of the Communicators. I'm your host, Brother Leroy. And the Keys 107 Network has various programming that is of value to each and every one of you. 
and, and I'll put it this way, each and every one of our families, there's something in the Keys 107 network that will appeal to the young, to the female, to the adult male, etc. Some member of your family can gain by tuning in, finding out what the Keys 107 network is. Just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Keys 107 and uh, see the menu of programs and go from there. Tomorrow, we'll be on Harlem Community Radio. That's www.whcr.org. We're on 1 o'clock Eastern Time. We have a full lineup of guests. And uh, Tuesday, we're back on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. May God continue to bless each and every one of you, and thank you for supporting the advertisers who support the Keys 107 Network. God bless you all. Peace. Now back to the communicators with your host, Brother Leroy. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair,
Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face -face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, Oh, 
get it. You got it.
You are listening to The Communicators on the Keys 107 Network with your host, Brother Leroy, on Blog Talk Radio. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Born 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuff shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories.
prostitutes, and then start all over again clean. Hey, look, nobody's pushing me anyway, okay? I mean, not you, not the cops, nobody, man. I mean, you want to get rid of the pushes, I'll help you. But don't send your people after me. John, can't you see that we can't get rid of one without getting rid of the other? We got to come down on both of them at the same time in order for this whole thing to work for people. Look, nobody's closing me out of my business. Because of serious economic times, there's been an increase of violence and crime. Most of its victims have been women and youth. There must be a collective effort for all of the grassroots organizations and social agencies to bring peace to these communities. Peace is the common denominator that allows us to transcend above religious, political, and racial differences. We also believe that peace is not just the absence of war or violence, but peace is the absence of conflict. All conflicts are not violent. We must work together as peacekeepers to eliminate these conflicts to create an environment of peace. I am present for peace. www.thepeacekeepers.org